Okay, let's begin our discussion of, of Parshas Dvarim, Sefer Dvarim, as we have Shabbos Chazon coming up. Uh, Dvarim is a unique Sefer, as Chazal tell us, as we'll talk about a little bit, but um, this is the uh, Shabbos Chazon that we know uh, is the Shabbos before, before Tisha B'Av. And we'll start off with a thought <laughs> that's related to, to many uh, that we have seen before about the nature of Sefer Dvarim. We've spoken about the unique uniqueness and the difference that uh, Sefer Dvarim plays uh, called the Mishnah Torah, the Lubavitcher Rebbe in, so- in source number one, it's a little uh, hard to read, but uh, he writes, the book of Dvarim arose from a different form of prophetic revelation than the previous four books of Moshe. For unlike the preceding books, which were dictated directly by Hashem, the book of Dvarim was a divine revelation which Moshe phrased in his own words. As we know, the Archaim HaKadosh and others point out, based on the Ramban and others, based on Chazal, Dvarim is different. Dvarim is a different type of limud than the rest of the Torah. Right? Dvarim is, is um, formulated, <laughs> formulated differently. And Moshe Rabbeinu took part in the uh, formulation of this Sefer, unlike all the other Sfarim where he did not take part. And says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, at first glance, this would appear to be a disadvantage. Maybe Dvarim is, is less, is inferior, is, is, um, we, should, we should look at it on a, on, a, on a secondary level. And the answer is, one second, just getting another safer. And says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, but we don't say that. In truth, the book of Dvarim has its own advantage that the words of God reached a higher level of compatibility with the human mind. What does that mean? In this Sefer, that is where the human being, Moshe Rabbeinu, took the words of Torah and applied it to human beings closer than any of the other Sefarim. It's the greatest Sefer Musr that we have, as we've mentioned in past years. The greatest Sefer Musr. Every three Psukim, you have a, a Chizuk and... and and that you should have and you should be straight, and you should be good. And says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Moshe's contribution to the book of Dvarim did not detract from the validity of the work, for Dvarim remains part of the Chumash, just as much as the other four books. But having passed through the interface of a human mind, the words of this book were fashioned in a manner that other human beings would find easier to absorb. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the fact that there's human input makes it at least on par and we might add even higher because there are many uh, examples and sources where where man partners with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is something very special and unique. Rav Solveitchik writes about this in a number of places. <laughs> in uh, A couple of years ago they put out the Moad de Harav where Rav Solveitchik talks about, isn't it fascinating that when it comes to bread, bread is a product where human beings play a lar- uh, major role in the product. We grind, and we, we plant, and we harvest, and we grind, and we make it into dough, and we knead, and we bake it, and we have a long bracha afterwards, bracha samazon. While a fruit, where basically I put the seed in the ground, when a baruch does everything, a fruit, I say, a little boy in a fashus. Shouldn't it be the opposite? Where a baruch does everything for me, then I give the big, while the... Where I participate, where I did the hard work, I shouldn't have to give as much thanks. No, the point is when man participates and and partners with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, 
that's the highest level that we could reach. And that's the greatest uh, connection that we could have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why we know the uh, Rav Salvechik writes, but Yisrael sung at Kriyas Yamsuf and not at Yisrael Mitzrayim. Because Kriyas Yamsuf, we took part in it. Nachshom and Aminadav jumped in. It wasn't just Yisrael Mitzrayim where it was all done by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's also why there's eternal Kedusha on Har Hamoria, but not on Har Sinai. Because Har Sinai, it was all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It was all HaKadosh Baruch Hu coming down, arresting His presence for the moment. But when it comes to Har Moria, Avram Avinu already acted and partnered with creating that spot and the Kedusha that was going to be there forever. Says Rev Salvechik, Achar Moria Shonem Imenu. I did not give this to you. Thousands of hundreds of years <coughs> before the Hashras Hashchina, when the Beis Hamikdash was built, and that's the goal of life, and maybe that's encapsulated in Sefer Dvarim, where we have in Sefer Dvarim a partnership. Hakadosh Baruch Hu saying the words. But Moshe Rabbeinu formulating it different than all the other parts of the Torah, which is all a perfect dictation from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Moshe Rabbeinu. And that is, the Bab Shrebi continues now. And he writes, The book of Dvarim was said to the, to the generation, which was about to enter the land of Israel. Right, The last six weeks before they went in, Moshe Rabbeinu was talking to them about Dvarim. So this was the most, this was the transition from a miraculous existence to uh, coming into the land where food would not be provided miraculously and extensive interaction with the mundane world would be necessary. As a preparation for this, they were giving the book of Dvarim, which contained godly wisdom that was brought down to earth by Moshe Rabbeinu. Number one, says Lavavitch Rebbe. Number two, as the divinely inspired work of the human mind, the book of Dvarim sets the precedent for later prophetic works. We spoke last week about the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu with Zehadavar uh, versus Koamar Hashem. Dvarim is more parallel to the other uh, prophets, the other nevuas that were going to take place, and therefore maybe this was a precedent and a model for all of the nevuas where the Nevi'im took part in the formulation of the nevuah. It wasn't just Shechina Medaveres Mital Grono, and therefore Dvarim laid the foundation for future Nevi'im and Nevuos, number two. And finally, the third point he mentions is that we know Moshe Rabbeinu, obviously, was the one who formulated and wrote it, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu was behind the scenes, subconsciously telling Moshe Rabbeinu how to formulate and what to write. And says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, maybe we have to recognize that throughout our lives. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always in our subconscious, always making sure that we are where we are supposed to be and headed in that direction. This is similar to the way that the Book of Dvarim was said, consciously with Moshe's own words, but on a deeper level it was a product of divine revelation. And that's really what our lives are about as well. We're doing our own thing, but obviously HaKadosh Baruch Hu is behind the scenes as well. So that is a little bit about Dvarim. In general, the introduction to the uh, to the work, as again, the Ramban, the Abarbanel, the Radvaz have all their comments that we've discussed in past years. But now let's get back to the book itself. So we start off. Ela Hadvarim. Ela Hadvarim Asher Diber Moshe El Kol Yisrael. These are the words that Moshe Rabbeinu 
told all of B'nai Yisrael, Be'eber Hayardain, Ba'midbar, Ba'arava, Mosuf, all of these places. Be'et part of Tofel. So if you read the Pesukim, so one might just say these are the things that Moshe Abedu said at all these places. But we know that <laughs> that's not what Chazal tell us. Chazal tell us that each of these phrases are a hint to something that took place and a tochacha that Moshe Rabbeinu was, was giving. Says the Rashi. Says Rashi. El kol Yisrik. L'fishen divrei tochacha. It was first Rashi. Because these are words of rebuke. Umanakan kol hamakom o'shechisu l'fnei hamakom b'hem. And all these are places where we angered HaKadosh Baruch Hu. L'fichach sasa mesadvarim v'ezkiran b'remez. Hashem wanted to hide it, wanted to hint to it. He didn't want to explicate the the tochacha uh, that he was giving, and therefore he hinted. He hinted to each of the places. He just says Bamidbar, Barava, uh, Arava means Bal Paor, Mosuf means where we did something at Yamsuf, Paran, Tofel, Lavan, Chatzeros, Dizahav. Each of these places referred to a different chait that we were that we were involved in. Okay, hint to it. Says the Tosafos Bracha. Says Baruch Levi Epstein. Belchara Kasha, third line. Shari Behemshach Sefer, we know later on in Dvarim, even very soon, there are Chatayim that are explicated. It's not always by hinting. Shari Behemshach Sefer Dvarim, Piri Moshe, is called Chatayim, Lishmoseim, Ulinyaneim, Kamabarjazekev. Zachar Sharaser, Hiksafta Sashem Alkecha, how you anger Hashem, but Hasta Ego Masecha, Vyod, Maxifim Ayisim Es Hashem, Ubabarshazu Zacharlem in Yemeraglim, Bolochash Lechvodam. So, says the Tosavis Bracha, what happened? Here, Moshe Rabbeinu was very machbut on their covet, and there he's very uh, um, uh, careful with what he says, but it's going to be beferish in a, in a few weeks, in a few days, all anyway. So, why Dafka does Rashi say here he was very careful? With them, the Efshar Lomar says the Tosefes Bracha. It's possible. Kavanas Rashi Khan Alpi Masha Kasev Huba Parshas Baloscha. Maybe it's similar to a Rashi says back in Sefer Bamidbar. There in Sefer Bamidbar, we know the only time in the Torah there we are forced to say Eim Muktamumuuchar BaTorah. Right? Even the Ramban uh, has to agree there because the dates are given. The beginning of Bamidbar and in Baloscha, in Paraktes, Paraktes is earlier than the beginning of Bamidbar. Bedin Haya, Rashi quotes there. Bedin Haya Lahaskla Sefer Bamidbar Bavar Shazu, where we should have started with this, because that happened first. Ah, Repleshish, Bayishum Ginusam Shal Yisrael, but because it's about the negative, something negative about Am Yisrael, because Shakalabram Shanahay Bamidbar, Lo Asela Pesach Zeh, this was the only current Pesach that we did in the Midbar. Right, because we didn't get Brismila, so that's why the Torah didn't want to start with that section of Paraktas, and therefore it started with a different with a different section. What do you see from there? Beginnings are crucial. Beginnings one has to be very careful with. Umivur Mizeh, line fifteen. De Iker Hakpeidu Hurak Betchilas Hasefer. Bebnei Kavod Hasefer. You don't want to start off the Sefer with something negative about Klal Yisrael. So suggest the. Maybe it's the same thing, at the same thing at the beginning of Dvarim. Moshe is giving Musr. But the first Pasuk is going to be about Averos. The first Pasuk is about what we did wrong. <laughs> There's no problem later on. 
It's exactly the same point here. Because it's the beginning, Hashem didn't want to explicate. And Moshe didn't want to explicate. Shame gam ginusam. Later on, he gets explicit and says that Tosef is bracha. With this, maybe one could also explain a Gemara that maybe some are familiar with at the beginning of Masech Tzachim. And a question on that Gemara. Remember the Gemara at the beginning of Tzachim Dav Gimel? The Gemara says a person should always try to speak Balasho Nikia. A person should always try to speak in, with a refined and clean language. And that's why it says in Parshas Noach, the animals that were not Tahar. It doesn't say Tameh. Tameh is a little more extreme, a little more graphic. So, better to say, Einena Tahora. And that's what the Pazik says in Noach. Mena Behema Tahora, Mena Behema Asher Einena Tahora. Ava Bishay Yachol Omar Bekitzer, Umena Behema Hatameya. So therefore, that's what the Gemara says. That's why in Parshas Noach it says, Rashi already points out there, there are many times in the Torah it says the word Tameh. The Torah changes its way in one place to teach us the lesson. To teach us the lesson. You don't have to say it in every place. But then the question is, so why Dafka this place? Why Dafka in Parshas Noach did we learn that lesson and not elsewhere? Says to Tosefis Bracha, according to my Pshat, though, everything fits. We're at the beginning of the Torah here. The beginnings we want greater purity. That's the first time in the Torah that you have these Lashonos. The first time, we'll use Enena Tahora. And that's why the Gemara says it there, uh, and not and not other places. This is his uh, his uh, issue, and he says, Lahalani has another, uh, another idea um, about this. But again, beginnings are crucial. Beginnings are crucial. Oral Arbaasar, also Davka, the beginning of Mesechus Tzachim. Good. This is all one idea. There might be another idea behind behind this. And again, I want us to uh, do the research where he mentions it. But again, we, uh, we know anyone who is ever mochiach, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a parent, whether it's a friend, whether it's a neighbor, always has to know, is this a good time to give tochacha? Right? One, one is not, al tanachamein b'shas evelo, we're not supposed to try to uh, ask forgiveness, b'shas kaso, there are different times that we're supposed to um, present feelings and even try to uplift others. Right? If somebody's having a tantrum, that's not when it's time for a teacher or a Rebbe to try to inspire. One has to wait to cold time. One has to wait till time when, you know, it'll easier go in. So maybe Moshe Rabbeinu at this time, at the beginning of his speech, you don't want to scare them right away. He's going to get six-week schmooze right away. So he's banging them over the head. He starts off slowly. Little by little, he gets him into it. And then eventually, we'll get to the explicit. We'll get to the muster, the fire, and the brimstone. But he had to go slowly, slowly. And in that way, that's why he started off slower. And then he got into it a little um, a little more. Okay. Moving right along. Something that I think we mentioned a number of years ago. But um, <laughs> I think only part of it. So we'll mention it again now. 
Pasuk says a lot about judges. A lot about judges in this parsha and really in this sefer. There's a lot in the sefer about judges. Right? Moshe Rabbeinu says, I can't do it alone. Lo levadi How could I carry them? So, havu lachem anashem chachamim unavonim biyidum l'shevteichem. Vatanu osi boechachas rashi shevteichem. Anashem chachamim biyidum. Ba'etin osam rashim alechem. I told the Shoftim, judge righteously. So a lot about judges. There are many sources that tell us, both in Chazal and mostly in Rishonim, that sometimes a judge has to think a little bit out of the box in order to come to the din. Al Dayonim be Yisrael, source number three in the Primeh Torah. Al Dayonim be Yisrael, Lios Chachamim Unavonim. Right, one has to make sure Dayanim have to have to be sharp, have to be able to think out of the box. And there are many stories throughout, sometimes even in the Gemara, but many there are stories in the Rishonim. But here we have a few from Aurelio Chaim Meisels. He was famously known for thinking out of the box and. Uh, I've mentioned some of his stories before, but here are two others that are mentioned. Here, examples of stories um, of Dayanim that have to think out of the box in order to be able to, to judge a case. So here's the story. Pamachas. Pamachas bo. Shteinashim shchenos ladun lefnegon or v'leochayim maizels. Right, one of the greats in Lodz. Ubeis dino. Biyos, there were two women that came to v'leochayim. They both did their laundry. They both did their whites. And they both hung it on the clothesline to dry. One of the ropes was cleaned out. Ganavim came and took the whole the whole um, load of laundry. And there's only one string left full of whites. So one woman says, it's my laundry. And one woman says, it's my laundry. And they're both fighting over the laundry. So Rebbe Chaim says, you know what? Bring the laundry to me. Bring it to me. They're like, okay, what are you going to do with the laundry? It's all probably the same. So So what does he do? He brings it, he puts it all in a basket. And he says, okay, go outside, please, for a few minutes. They go outside for a few minutes. Rebbe Chaim calls his wife. And says, could you bring me a couple of our whites and put it into the basket? He added some of his own. Then, one at a time, he called them in. Look at this laundry. Go through each thing. Tell me what's yours and what's not yours. She went through every one. Mine, mine. Mine, mine, everything in the basket. Look carefully. Second woman comes in. Same thing. This is mine, this is mine. No, 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 this one is not mine. This is not mine. And she goes through and she admits that some of them was not hers. She's the honest one. She, it doesn't, you don't learn those tricks in, uh, in smicha. You don't learn those, uh, those ways of, of thinking, you know, when, uh, have to think out of the box. It says, right, yeah, we have to, uh, you know, we have to, uh, 
be um, sly with people who are sly. But again, Revaleo Chaim was known. Revaleo Chaim Meisels, he was known. So, Tchakeh Bachutz, Nichlas Ashnia, and he says, take your, take your, uh, take your laundry. So that is one case. Another case, I'm not mentioning it again, a couple years ago, I think I mentioned the case of Rebelo Shechter. I was, I drove him for two years uh, from Borough Park to, to Washington Heights. He told me some stories about Revaleo Chaim Meisels, about uh, how uh, unconventional methods of, of uh, getting to the MS. But here's another one that's written here, at least. On Misa, there's another story. There was a Jew that came. A month ago, I was walking in the street. And I found a wallet. I found a wallet full of silver. A thousand ruble. Thousand ruble. Lo machras karasi viton. I read a, 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 in the newspaper and a modam meis and a sircha polni shavado arnak ubetochu zuvim arbei. I read that somebody lost a wallet, and you know, and he lost. Umishiim sevi yachziru lo yitol mei ruble b'scharo, and whoever finds it can get a hundred ruble. So he quickly went to the nasich, went to the prince, and returned the aveda. The nasich counted the money, and he was very angry. A thousand ruble says. I lost 2,000 ruble. Where's the other 1,000? You owe it to me. Give me the other 1,000 ruble. And he brought me to court. He brought me to a secular court. He knew. He knew. Give me an Eitzah. Give me an Eitzah. Here he wasn't the judge. He was just asking him for an Eitzah. How could I help? Din liatsko Do you have a lawyer? He says yes. He said okay. Send me the lawyer. I want to talk to him before the case. And here we go. It was the day in court. I lost over the arnak. I'll pay him ruble. I lost two thousand ruble. This Jew found my aveda. And the Jew says, I only found a thousand rubles. And the prakla, the defense lawyer, the defense attorney, says he was uh, defending the Jew. He went out of his way to return the Aveda. So you could be choshed him. He could have just taken the whole thing and not said a word. Next page. And then he turns to the prince. Could you swear that there were 2,000 ruble in the wallet? Hanasich Shivhain says, yes, I can. And he got up and he swore. I had a 2,000 ruble. Says the defense attorney to the judges. He obviously is swearing to the truth that he lost 2,000 ruble. But this person is Adam Kasher, and he's returning. See, he obviously found this wallet and didn't find 2,000 ruble inside. So you know what it must be? It must be that this wallet is not the wallet of this Nasich. And therefore, the Nasich has to give back the 1,000 ruble that he already got to the Jew, because obviously he swore this is not it. Adam Ganavar Amayi Hamesh Vafeda Klau. Vemo Nimsab Arnak Rak Elaf Rubel Hadavar Barer Kizui Avedas Acheres. Give it back. Give it back. He turns red. 
Hashoftim Kinera Yivinu Ki Yunishpal Hasheker. They realized that he obviously was telling the he was lying. Okay, so they didn't want to like say he was very falsely. So they accepted the tithe of the proclet and they took back the thousand ruble and shalom al Yisrael on that Yisrael at least. Uh, but anyway, the uh, again thinking out of the box of Eliochai Meisels is is known for that. Let's get back to the psukim in the parsha. Moshe Rabbeinu was giving a Jewish history lesson up until. Up until now, and he gets into details, even though, as we said earlier, he hinted to Tochacha, but now he gets into details very much so with the Chait of the Meraglim. The Chait of the Meraglim, Vatik Ravune Lai Kulchem, says the Pasuk by Shlishi, Vatomru Nishlachan Hashim you all came to me and you said, let's send out men and we will be Chofer. We will spy out the land, Yashibo Sanu Davar, and we'll return We'll check out the cities, we'll check out the roads. And it was good in my eyes. I thought it was a good idea, which is an interesting line. What they do, we're going to focus on Pasik Chafhei. They took in their hands from the fruit of the land. Vayoridu elenu, and they brought it down to us. Vayashivu osanu davar, and they returned a report. Vayomer, and they said, Tova haaretz asher Hashem alokenu no seinlanu. The land is good. So does this all go together? They took vayichum yadam again. They took from the fruit. They brought it down. They returned it to us, and they said, Ask the Arachayim HaKadosh, source number five. Again, be medayik in the Psukim. Right? He has been called the Ramban of the Achronim. So this is a classic case, focusing on the Psukim. Tzarech Ladas, Aleph, Lama, Hutzrach, Lomar, Vayichu, Biyadam. Shloha Yitzarech Lomar, Ela, Vayoridu, Eleinu, Mipri Haaretz. Why don't you skip the first verb? It says, Vayichu, Vayoridu, Vayashivu, Vayomru. What do you mean Vayichu? Just say Vayoridu. They brought down the fruit. Why do you have to say that they took the fruit in their hands and they brought it down? Lama, Hutzrach Lomar, Vayichu Biyadam. Shalitzrach Lomar, Ela Vayoridu Eleinu. Question one. Question two. Lama Amar, Vayashivu Osanu Davar Vayomru. Again, a double phrase. Shalitzrach Lomar, Ela Vayashivu Osanu Tova. Just skip the Vayomru. So why do you have Vayichu just say Vayoridu? Just they brought us down the fruit. And then Vayashiva, they, and they returned to us and said, you know what this answer said? They returned to us, Toba Haaretz. So both Vayichu and Vayomru seem to be extra. Ask the Arachayim. Ochena Kavana, says the Arachayim HaKadosh. Lefi, no. This Pasuk has hidden subjects. That even though it keeps saying, and they, and they, and they, it doesn't mean the same, and they. As we know, there were two groups. One was the evil group, the ten Meraglim, that brought back the evil report. And then you have the other group, the minority group, Yeshua V'Kalev. Moshe Rabbeinu was reviewing the whole event. 
In this Pasik, he's reviewing both sides. Both sides, says the Arachayim. The first half of the Pasik are about the ten. It emphasizes that they took to make sure we know who's talking. Because remember, Yeshua Kalev didn't take. So it emphasizes that they took to make sure we know we're talking about the ten. Vayashivu Osanu Davar and they returned to us Davar. Something. What do you mean something? Pirish. Lo Ratza Moshe Alavashalam Lachzar Hadvarim Haraim. Shalola Oer Hadin Al Shekfar Mesu. Remember, all those people have died already. Moshe didn't want to bring up ill will and bring up the chait again. So, what, he's going to re- re- review the whole Meraglim and, ex- and uh, again repeat their, their claims? So Moshe just says, they took from the fruit and they said what they said. They said something. You know what they said. I'm not getting back into it. I'm not repeating it. Vayashivu osanu davar. Back to the Arachayim. The Amar ha'inyit stam sheishivu davar. Ulaharich shalasara Meraglim hu omer... But that's exactly why the first words, the first verb is there. It has to say, so we know who we're talking about in the first half of the Pasuk. And they brought it down. As we know, they didn't take anything. And they brought us back and they said what they said. And then he just adds a fascinating line. You could also maybe say says the Arachayim HaKadosh. says Dover there in their words says Dover here. So he knows talking about the ten. I says the Arachaim, Vagam Shainadan Dung Zereshava. You're not allowed to say Xereshava yourself. That's a huge topic. The Ramban writes in the Shrashim, you can't make up your own Xereshavas. Every large book has repeat words. That's why, out of all the Midos, Xereshava for sure needs a Rebbe. So, says the Arachaim, I'm making up my own Xereshava. Even though you don't make a Xereshava by yourself, El Kekila Mirabo, Bechayose Bazel, with Galos Pshate Aksuvim. This isn't teaching us halacha. This is teaching us pshat of psukim. And he quotes the Yerushalmi and Brachos that to understand pshat, sometimes you could connect words. And this is simple for those who walk in the Arachayim. I don't think it's a play on words. But that's all the first half of the Pasuk. And then, what's the second half? Vayomru. There's another Vayomru. That last phrase is different subjects. And that's why it says it again. And also this helps explain Moshe. Right, also according to this, I mean Moshe's words, he repeated what the Maram said. It's very strange because it says, that Moshe says, the Maram said, the land is great. The land is great, that's what they said? No, of course not. Vayashivo Sanu Davar, they said what they said. And then these two said what they said. Uludvarenu Hare Chelek Divrei Amaraglim 
lebeis ra'im v'tovin. That's how you read a pasuk. Says the Arachayim Hakadosh. He doesn't quote it, but it could be Rashi is already alluding to this. Because what does Rashi say? Vayomru tova haaretz mihem sha'amru tovasa Yoshua v'kalev. Rashi says the second half is referring to that. Rashi doesn't say that on the first half of the pasuk. Rashi says vayomru. Who's saying vayomru? The good guys. The good, the, the, the positive Miraglim. So it could be this whole build-up, this whole structure is already alluded to by Rashi uh, before the Arachayim HaKadosh. Okay. Moving right along. So Moshe continues. He didn't want to go. But Tamras Hashem Alakechem, you rebelled. And took him continue. In the Midbar... Hashem swore that nobody is going to go in except for Kali ben Yifuna and Yoshua ben Nun. Pasuk Lamezayin. Gam. It doesn't mention Yoshua ben Feirish here. Gam biyasan af Hashem. Biglalchem. Lemar. Also me. Hashem got angry because of you. Lemar. Gam atalotavosham. So Hashem was angry at me because of you, and therefore I can't go. The question is, was it Big Lachem? Was it totally because of B'nai Yisrael? In a general sense, but whatever shot you give, he hit the rock, he got angry, he said, Nasa, he said, we should call them Morim. Whatever the shot is, whatever all those ape shot him, whatever it is that Abarbanel quotes in Parshas Chukas, is it, is it, are they all Big Lachem, but all is the B'nai Yisrael's fault? What does it mean? Hashem get angry at me, big lalchem. Says Reb Salvechik, no matter the reason for Moshe's death, one basic truth stands out. Moshe suffered on account of Am Yisrael. But the question is why? It says this a number of times. In what regard were the people responsible for Moshe's hate? If the hate consisted of hitting the rock, instead of addressing words to him, Moshe himself was responsible. So explains Reb Salvechik, it wasn't a moment in time. It wasn't one act that B'nai Yisrael did. It was not the fault of the Jewish people that Moshe made a mistake. But, this is an amazing line. It's a tragic line. But it's an amazing line. But had the people possessed a sensitivity and love for Moshe, similar to the love that Moshe felt for them, they would have torn the decree into shreds. If B'nai Yisrael would have loved Moshe as much... They did! They said they didn't want him to die. They didn't last week by Midian. They didn't want to go and Moshe had to force them. But it wasn't on the same level. If they would have loved Moshe as much as Moshe loved them, then history would have been different. When he was told that he would not enter Eretz Yisrael, Moshe pleaded for forgiveness. Had the people joined him in prayer, the Holy One would have been forced to respond. But they did not join how much do we find in the Torah that B'nai Yisrael cried and cried that Moshe should bring them in? By the Ego, when they thought they had no leader, they started crying. But here, when Moshe was going to die, yeah, they were upset when he died. But do we find that they davened and davened? Moshe davened next week. But did the B'nai Yisrael daven? We don't find that. We don't find that. And then Rav Salvation continues with another connected point. 
in studying the chapters dealing with the last months of Moshe's life, were confronted with the most touching tragedy. The tragedy of the teacher who was too great for his disciples. The tragedy of the master who was too exalted for the generation. Moshe taught us the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe was a, a first Luchos type of man, though. Second Luchos, reality, being in the human existence in Eretz Yisrael. That's, Moshe was different. The disciples were not worthy of being Moshe's representatives. He had boundless knowledge, enormous de- deep and sweep, and unqualified morality and saintliness. But his students did not understand him. His singularity caused alienation, so to speak. Our salvation continues and says at the Chet Egel, he cried and he davened, Hashem, don't destroy them. Hashem, don't destroy them. Towards the bottom. And Moshe told Hashem, basically, they just got out of Egypt. You have to give them time. You have to understand. These were people who were, who were slave mentality. But after 40 years, what made Moshe get angry? These were his Talmidim. They had 40 years with him. They had 40 years of the Oed towards the bottom. In Shittim, however, another generation sinned. The generation of those who were brought up by Moshe. And that's different. Moshe could cry and cry and say, they don't deserve, let them, give them another chance. But once it's his students, then it's a different, it's a different story. And therefore, another leader is going to come. Moshe was too great on the top of the next page, was too great for his generation. He rose high above them. His vision was too penetrating. His depth superhuman. His sweep too high. The people's guilt consisted of their not opening up to Moshe's influence. We didn't do what we can to be Talmidim of Moshe Rabbeinu in resisting his redemptive and cathartic power, not being willing to become his disciples. So we, our ancestors, and we didn't do what we could. So big Chem in a more general sense, not a specific moment, but in a more general sense, we are responsible for what happened to Moshe Rabbeinu, and therefore, the Torah says, big Chem. Okay, one more uh, thought for the Parsha, and then we'll have a thought on um, Inyana Dioma. So as we continue the Psukim, Vatanu Vatomru, after the Miraglim, you said, Chatanu, we were wrong, and what do they do? The Mafilim, they go up, and I told you not to go up, Vatamru is Piyashem, Vayese Amor Yoshi Barahu, the Amori came out and ran after you. Vatashuvu Vatifku Lefne Hashem. And then you cried, Pasak Memhei, Veloshama Hashem Bekolchem. Hashem did not hear your voice. Velohezen Alechem, he didn't listen to you. Hashem didn't hear your voice and he didn't listen to you. What's the double Lashon? The Torah doesn't repeat words. The Radak often in Navi says, Kafal Ha'inyan B'milam Shonos. Sometimes the Torah repeats in poetic licensed language. And the Malbim often says, no, 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 each one it means something different. In the Torah, it's harder to say, every word. So here, what's the double Lashem? Hashem Hashem didn't hear your call. listen to you. Let's see, Unkelis. Says Unkelis. What's Slosson? Your prayers. Hashem did not accept your prayers. 
and he didn't listen to your words. So Uncle says, Hashem didn't hear your call, he didn't hear your tefillah, he didn't hear, listen to you, your words. What's Uncle is driving at? Again, he didn't hear your, he didn't accept your tefillah, and he didn't listen to your words. Rashi. Remember, Rashi had Unculus in front of him. What does Rashi say? Hashem did not act with his Midas Harachamim. That's what happens here. Does that fit with Unculus? Unculus said he didn't listen to our Tfilos and he didn't listen to our words. Rashi says. He didn't act with Midas HaRachamim. Explains the Rav Nisan Alpert, the Limude Nisan, in source number 8. There's the Yisod Gado that we learn here about acting like God. What does Midas HaRachamim mean? When Hashem acts with Midas HaRachamim. When we hear the Kol Tachanunim. When we hear somebody in need... When somebody's in need and they're crying to us and they're asking us something, the first has to be the decision, I'm going to help. After that, I'll figure out how to help. And I'll listen to the pratim and figure out what you need and how to do it. But step one is to listen and to, and to say, I'm going to help. I'm going to do my best. But even before I know whether I'm going to be able to or not, what does Midas HaRachamim mean before I, even, <coughs> before I even know the issue, before I even know whether it's possible? I listen. I'm going to help. You need me. I don't know what you need yet, but I'm going to help. And then step two, I listen to what you need and do my best to give you what you need. That's Midas HaRachemim. Midas Hadin, I don't even listen. I don't get to step one. Step one, you're in need, I'm not listening. Midas Hadin, Sholetas Oz, Anaga Shona Lagamre, Kol Tachanunim, Beli Dvarim, Lo Miskabe Lagamre. Says the Limud and that's Unklus, and that's Rashi. What does Uncle say? Hashem, Losham Hashem Bakalchem, he didn't answer your, he didn't listen to your tefillah, but mainly he didn't listen to your words. But that's step two. We're only going to get Hashem to listen to our words if the Rachamim was first decided in step one. And that's Rashi. This Midas Harachamim has become Achzari. It's not Midas Harachamim. And says now the Limud Nisan, Behu Limud Gadol. This is a limud gadol in our acting like Hashem. Just like he hears and decides. Without knowing. And the listening is not to decide, but just to know how. But the first step is to have the attitude that I'm going to do it, I'm going to help. And when we are with people in need, 
Right? Let's say a marshal, let's say all of a sudden a parent comes in and there's a child or anybody, there's somebody crying on the floor. There's somebody crying, you're going to go there and you're going to... You have no idea what the person needs yet, but the, uh, a human a, the human response is to say, oh, how can I help you? You've decided right then. Step two is how. So we have to try to do our best to at least get through step one, and then step two is just the practical. And not chas v'shalom have midas hadin. Not chas v'shalom have midas hadin against anyone. Okay. One final point in Yonah Diyoma from Rav Nevenzal on the Parsha. Renevizal is a larger piece, I just gave part of it. Renevizal discusses a Gemara that we know of at the end of Perak Maruba in Babakama Dafpe Beis that talks about the Takanas of Ezra Sofer. Ten Takanas of Ezra Sofer. One of them is Tulane Mincha on Shabbos. Besides every three days, Monday, Thursday, Shabbos, Monday, Thursday, Shabbos, on Shabbos, Mincha we lay in the following week's Parsha. The following week's Parsha. Why? So, the Gemara says, Yoshvei Kronos, Socharim Shlohai Yobam L'Shvoaz HaKriyab Shein V'Chamishi. Maybe there'll be workers that will be Torahed in the Arabosa during the week. They won't be able to hear it on Shabbos there. Panui. So, it's a Kriyano Sefes that they'll hear uh, next week's Parsha a little bit before next week. Says Rav Nevenzal, I have another suggestion. Hargoshes Halev what he feels. What he feels. And as he quotes, he quotes from the Vilna Gon, that others quote, the Meshachachma quotes his Gra, that there's a hundred reasons for every Dindar Abanan. A hundred reasons. The Chazal gave us one or two. But there's really a hundred reasons. Says of Nevenzal. And I think we've all felt this. When we hear Shabbos Mincha, the next Parsha, it kind of gives us a taste to what's to come. It gets us focused on the future. It gets us focused on, you know, the next episode at the end of a, of a show, you know, the last 10 seconds, to give a, a little tease. Ezra Sofer, as we know, beginning of Bayashani. Adainlo is Oshajum and Azazua Hanora. is ready. Kurban Rishon. They still probably, it still smelled of ashes in the 70 years they came back. But as we know, many of the Treyasar even note that they knew that this space on Mignesh wasn't going to be the super, eternal, amazing, all the Nisim. And that's why even some of the older people were crying. So they recognized that there was going to be limitations. Hachet goreim, shaha'am lo yashuv artsa, kifisha eroyal, yamshulias kafalamachos paras. Right, we're not going to have independence. It's going to be difficult. He lived at a difficult time, even though they were building the base of Migdash. Remember, most Jews didn't even come back. You know what he wanted to do? He wanted to instill in the Jewish people, always look forward. Always look forward. Always look towards the future. This week's Parsha is not the last Parsha. Ha-Parsha Nochachit Eino Sof Pasuk. Achareha, O Tabona Parshos, Vishabasos, Harbe. We're not in the last Parsha. That's how we have to live life. We have to know that we're not in the last Parsha. Vigamin in some case, Vishfala Madrega, Haritsoadimlikras Asid Tovyoter. There's a better time in the future. And he says specifically, Shabbos Chazon, 
Hariyeish Godol Haya Amru Litkofa Son Alachar Yuzayin Betamus After Shavasa Betamus Three weeks of of Avelus says even this Shabbos we needed even more and that's why we know right after Tishav comes Shabbos Nachamu 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 Ami you have to be Misabel we have to know there's a Shabbos Chazon but we also have to know there's a Shabbos Nachamu and he writes I'm not saying not to be Misabel and I'm not saying not to focus on the loss. Because we have to focus on our loss in part of what we're, what builds us as a nefesh Yehudi. He quotes from Rav Kook that a person becomes a different person through the Avelis on, on Yerushalayim. But it can't be Avelis that breaks us. It can't be Avelis of Yehosh on the bottom. Also sheyezeh evel ba'avirah shel Yehosh. Sorach l'sabo ma'od al Yerushalayim. La'avin heitim ha'she'ibanu. Achzoz ki l'takein la'haba. And in that way, always be focused on the future. And then he gets in, into the uh, he gets into general. We should always have the attitude of being sa'ir, sa'ir nitzchi, forever young, forever young, right? We often he says look to the past. Sometimes when we're in when we're in elementary school, you know, we look towards oh, I wish I was in kindergarten, no homework. When I was older, we looked to when we were younger. Always looking past. We have to look ahead. We have to look ahead. Right? And that's what we have to recognize. That's what we have to recognize. He quotes stories, obviously, the Panavich Sharav. You know, many stories about him. He stood on the mountain after the war. I'm going to build the yeshiva here. Right? The Asid Maftiach, right? Quoting from Rabbi Akiva. Always had that attitude, right? Quoting from Zechariah, Yeladim Yelados, Misachim Berchovoseha. So, as Jews, we have to have that attitude, and especially this year, as we are still in the midst of a terrible, terrible plague, we have to recognize, even though it's hard for us to imagine, we have to recognize that we're not in the last parsha. There's going to come another parsha. Another parsha is on the horizon, right? It's almost Shabbos Mincha, right? We have to look ahead. Here at own that that next parsha starts soon, starts ASAP. Kodesh Baruch Hu takes us to the next parsha. We've we've all you know dialed Sarosenu, dialed Saros of of the whole world, right? We're ready for the next parsha. Kodesh Baruch Hu, Yiratzon, that Hashem brings it very soon.